Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football matchup over the next week. But before we do all that, we have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bet Maria podcast. For one break, we previewed what we we're doing with this week's show. Once again, talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming matchup against the Seahawks for week two. But before we actually get into any of the breakdowns, we do have to recap how we did last week and how the Niners did last week. And overall, we did a lot better than the Niners because we ended up splitting. Uh, a little bit salty. We ended up only going one and one because the Niners looked like they were going to coast early on in that game as they were up 10, nothing, then gave up 19 unanswered as they lost 19 to 10 to the bears. I, we had the under that was never in doubt, uh, based on the actual score of the game, it was 49ers, 10 bears, 19, uh, mother nature, about 35 because the weather was atrocious. The field was absolutely waterlogged. And as a result, you had a rock fight for the entire game. But the Bears picked it up offensively, scoring, as I said before, 19 unanswered, 12 in the fourth quarter, and the Bears won the game. So pretty disappointing start to the Trey Lance era, if that's what you want to call it. I'm not sure how how long it's going to last, but I do want to break down the game itself. So the Niners offensively were not particularly good. Uh, then again, I don't know it's exactly considered good when you can barely move in the really awful turf for that actual matchup, but the Niners had 17 first downs. They did outgain the Bears by 100 and roughly 30 yards. So the fact that they still lost by two possessions while outgaining your opponent by over 100 yards is pretty disappointing. But to go through the actual uh, stats here individually, Trey Lance, 13 of 28, 164 yards, one interception, no touchdown, sacked twice, QBR of 43. He was not particularly good. And I'm being pretty polite. I thought he was awful. But you look at the other side, you have Justin Fields, who went 8 for 17 for 121 yards. He had two touchdowns, one reception, also sacked twice, QBR of 42.1. So both quarterbacks are basically neck and neck in terms of QBR. But he did have the one very impressive touchdown pass to Pettis where Fields broke the pocket and he kind of created something out of nothing and found a wide-open guy across the field for a touchdown. So Fields at least made some plays and he occasionally extended some drives. He did have 28 rushing yards. Lance had 54. However, I do kind of want to go back to Lance for this overall matchup because I don't think he really had any big plays or any, I'd say, noteworthy plays in the entire game. And it doesn't help when the weather is going to be this bad for your first start in a while because he started about a game or two when Jimmy G got hurt last year. But that was pretty early on in the year and Lance was kind of thrust back into a bad situation in Chicago. But it kind of goes back to what I said before the season started, and it, I mentioned it during the season preview. This seems going to go as far as Trey Lance takes them, because to be honest, I still don't think that Trey Lance is very good. 
And from what I've seen so far in his college career, which was pretty short-lived because he only played one game in that draft showcase, whatever you want to call it, game for North Dakota State before leaving early for the NFL, I have barely seen him play football in the span of about two years. He was occasionally in some gadget packages. He started a game or two, and those did not, not exactly go well last year. So I said the Trey Lance era, which is kind of true. The issue is if Lance struggles and the Niners, let's just say hypothetically, start the season 0-4, do you potentially flip and use Garoppolo? Because they play Seattle. We'll get into that game in a second for week two. They play at Denver and they play the Rams. So even if they beat Seattle, there's a decent chance they start off 1-3. and And if they start off 0-4, I am curious how soon Shanahan panics and puts Garoppolo back in the lineup. Whether you like or hate Garoppolo, you've still won a lot of games with him. So, of course, he gives you some stability. And Trey Lance has really looked like a quarterback who has not played that much in two-plus years because he looks extremely raw. The footwork is not there. The decision-making is not there. The mobility is and the arm talent, you could tell that he has a lot of arm strength. The issue is he has no accuracy. So I don't really know if he's truly ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm still skeptical on if the Niners made the right move drafting him in the first place. But we'll see what happens. Not a good start for Lance. But you could also argue you can toss the whole game in the garbage because of some unforeseen weather fluke. And maybe Lance will play better, assuming the weather cooperates on a Sunday. But to go through the other stats here, Debo Samuel had eight carries for 52 yards and one touchdown. I was a bit wrong on that prediction. I thought that Samuel would run the ball less after what happened in the offseason. Now, he basically said, if you're going to pay me, I don't exactly want to run the ball anymore. Seemed to not be an issue because Samuel had a touchdown out of it, and he only had 14 yards receiving. So 66 yards total, one touchdown, pretty decent afternoon there. For Samuel, Elijah Mitchell got hurt, which was the big injury story. Had six carries for 41 yards. He's basically out indefinitely, and it's going to be a while. So you're going to see a lot of Jeff Wilson uh, mixed in there. You might see a couple of youngsters get more touches, but you still have Lance, who is also capable of running, and potentially a lot more Devo Samuel out of the backfield. As for the receiving core, nobody really did anything uh, besides Juwan Jennings, who had 62 yards, but once again, the bad weather. Kittle didn't play. And he's most likely not going to play in week two again. So we'll see when he's able to suit up. Uh, Besides that, though, to go through the actual defense. uh, Yeah, the defense was solid. Only gave up 19 points. They gave up roughly 200 yards, had two sacks, ended up having an interception as well. So the defense showed up. They played well. But the offense really struggled in the second half, scoring three points. And that was kind of the story of the game. I also didn't mention before that Debo Samuel did lose a fumble. So ball security has to improve, but Dio Samuel is still the best playmaker this team has by a wide margin. So it is what it is. But either way, point is the Niners had a disappointing start to the season, losing to one of the worst teams in the league. But in such a bad weather game, you can kind of toss the projections out. And it was going to be whichever team did a better job of either taking control, uh, taking a better, better uh, control of the ball or which team would do a better job of just dealing with field position. And the Bears did that. So a nice win for Chicago and a bad loss for the Niners to start. But time to pivot to uh, Seattle, looking at their week one game, as they were able to beat the Broncos somehow in week one on Monday night. If you go through all the stats, they should have lost the game handily. But the Broncos' decision-making with Hackett and the red zone play calling were so bad that it gifted Seattle a win. And to go through the stats there, uh, Geno Smith was fantastic. 
in the first half. Second half, he did basically nothing as Seattle scored no points after halftime. But Seattle had one less first down in the game. However, they had 180 less yards of offense, and they also ran 15 less plays. Denver dominated the second half, and yet you saw a bunch of goal line stands for Seattle's defense. Hackett settling for a 64-yarder to win the game, which was ridiculously dumb. Uh, Yeah, the Broncos handed the game away, but props to Seattle. That was another team that was projected to be bad that ended up winning in week one. I think that Seattle is a much better team than Chicago for comparison purposes, but I don't think Seattle is a good team by any means, and we'll see what happens here in week two. But to go through the actual spread and the total in this one, pretty large number as the Niners go home for the first time this season. Niners are laying nine, and the total in this one is roughly 41 and a half. And even though the Niners should, keyword should, win this game, I have no idea how San Francisco is laying nine points with Trey Lance at quarterback. This doesn't make any sense, and it's going to sound offensive to the Niners fans, but I got to say it. I'm not sure that Trey Lance is better than Geno Smith, and I feel like that needs to be said because Geno went 23 of 28, for 195 yards and two touchdowns. It was pretty front-loaded. I mean, most of the big stats came in the first half. But the point is, Smith looked good for at least a half last week. I'm not sure if I've seen Trey Lance look good in any half of any game he's ever played. So I am still kind of skeptical of Lance, even compared to Geno. So you can argue that the Seahawks' worst-case scenario have a tie at quarterback. Uh, Besides that, the weapons for Seattle were decent. Gino did a good job of using the tight ends in this game as Parkinson and Disley both had touchdowns and 43 yards on the dot. Metcalf had seven catches for 36 yards. He also had a fumble. Lockett was a non-factor, three catches, 28 yards. So the receivers didn't do much. The tight ends did, and I do expect to see a lot more two tight end formations for Seattle moving forward. As for the ground game, Seattle really didn't run the ball that much. Penny only had 12 carries for 60 yards. However, it seems like Kenneth Walker might actually play this week, so maybe Seattle does a better job at getting the ground game involved with multiple running backs to use now. So we'll see what happens there. As for the defense, overall, the defense was solid as they forced a bunch of turnovers uh, to go through the actual turnovers here. Denver ended up fumbling the ball on several occasions, mostly inside the red zone, but they lost two fumbles. Gordon lost one and Javante Williams lost one and Seattle capitalizing the opportunities. And because of that, they ended up winning the game. Seattle also did a pretty good job of, once again, limiting the damage. They pressured the quarterback on various occasions. They had two sacks. So the defense was the pleasant surprise of this game, but Seattle won the game 17-16. to 16. 17 points, probably not going to cut it in this game against San Francisco. I still like how the Niners' defense played, and I think Geno's going to struggle in this matchup. But this game might really just come down to turnovers, because if Lance and Smith both turn the ball over frequently, this game might be a toss-up. But if Lance takes control of the ball, and if he showcases good ball security, while Geno might turn it over a couple of times, then I think the Niners could win by a decent margin because of field position. But for me in this game, I think the Niners are going to win. I'm not picking the Seahawks to win on the road uh, by uh, just any margin at all, because I do think that the 49ers will come out as the much better football team as a whole and get the job done in front of the home crowd. However, there's no chance I'm laying two possessions with Lance. I think that's an absurd line. I think you're going to see a very low-scoring game, which is why the total in this one is 41.5. So with points being at a premium, I'm not going to lay nine. I see Seattle potentially getting to 10 in this game, maybe uh, 
if you want to be on the high side there, 17, but I think that might be a little bit high. Give me Seattle with 13 in this game. I think 13 sounds reasonable. I think the Niners get to 20. I think that's basically it. I still have not seen much from Lance offensively when it comes to actually leading the team on long drives, and I'm still not a fan of his decision-making. So I'm going to go with the under in this game. I think that you're going to see a really, really large amount of ugly drives throughout the course of this game. And I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They might not play well, but I think they'll do enough defensively to maybe force Gould into forcing into hitting a couple of field goals instead of allowing the Niners to go down in the field and score a touchdown. So with a Ben but don't break defense and the Niners offense looking a bit underwhelming in week one, I'll take my chances. And I think Seattle's defense will force a couple of field goals, which will make it pretty difficult for the Niners to actually cover. So I'm going to go with the Niners to win this game 20 to 13, which means I like the Seahawks plus the nine. And I also like the under in this game. Now, besides that, Really not much else to go through. I mentioned the injuries. Kittle, I'm assuming, is not going to play. It's a shame he really can never be healthy. But I feel like most Niner fans are kind of fed up by it at this point, and they're not exactly surprised. So we'll see how the offense will look without him. I'm sure it would have looked a lot better with him. But once again, with the bad weather, the Niners couldn't really throw the ball at all. So we'll see if they can get back on track. I'm still concerned about the Elijah Mitchell injury. I know Wilson's been around for a long time. However, he's been a backup for a long time for a reason. And I'm assuming the Niners are going to kind of create a running back by committee where they'll try to just ride the hot hand, so to speak. But the Niners want to run the ball. They're missing their leading running back. And Kittle's also an amazing blocker, and he's not going to be there. So I think you're going to find the Seahawks doing a pretty good job in run defense. And that might cause the Niners with Trey Lance to get involved in a lot of third and longs. And that's not where you want to be. I like a pretty low-scoring game here, but I do like the Niners to win the game outright. So, once again, I'm going to go with the Seahawks to cover, and I'm going to go with the under for this matchup in Week 2. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Better Way Podcast here with Believe. Until next week, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.